And now, a Blaze Media podcast. So, how big is too big? Don't look at me like that. You know what I'm talking about, the size of my television. How big is too big? Is anything above Is there 60, too big? 60 and above, that's way too big. Wrong. Uh Cause I am, I'm ready to, I'm ready to drop. Where some do you cash. stay? Where, where are you at right now? Sixties. Uh, I think I'm on sixty-five downstairs, but the projector's a hundred. Yeah, see now, Amber's got a projector that we use sometimes too from the that she, we hook up to the phone that projects. But yeah, because that one is a hundred, and sometimes it's not. That's because it's a projector. Oh, okay. All right, but the uh, the the living room is a curve. I think that's uh, 60 I was going to say that's 60 to 65. 65-ish yeah. curve. Yeah. But I'm ready for, like, I want to. 90? I would like, like, Samsung has the, like, 146 inches to 219 inches. I'm ready for that. I like well, the wall. You, like the wall. That's what I want. I want the Samsung well, why wall. Why don't you just do, you know, like, what Glenn has, just like, Six TVs connected. And okay, make one. like that makes more sense to me than a two hundred and eighty inch TV in front of me. No, that's a wall, and I'm ready for a wall because I mean it's a movie theater, right? Now Samsung has the two walls available right now for uh, between sixteen and twenty three thousand. So a brand new car. I'd like to see that new car you're getting for sixteen thousand. Yeah, twenty three. I was speaking more of the twenty three. I'd like to see the new car you're getting for twenty three thousand too. Smart car, done. That's not a car. That's. Has, I'm sorry. It has That's four not wheels. a car. It has four wheels and it gets you from point A to point B. And you rode it with me over the weekend. I did. So I did. How safe did you feel? We're gonna have to. We're gonna do another video. And we of have us to do a video. Yeah, yeah, my wife was really yeah. mad that she was. But the, you know what? Guess what? We're moving. <laughs> we're not. We don't have time for. For your little show, we don't have time for a show. <laughs> it's like ten o'clock at night. I want to go home. But the uh, it was, and, and I did write it. And it was, it was uh, the word "comfortable" didn't come to mind. No, but uh, no. but were you safe though? Were we? Absolutely, not a chance. Oh my god, not a chance. Were we safe? If you went over a pothole on that thing, we were flying out. It's probably falling apart it's gonna fred flintstoning it everywhere Operation Varsity Blues. I can't stop. Tonight's episode, Varsity Blues. So the latest person uh, that's been uh, sentenced, well, have been, the judge called him nothing more than a thief, a common thief. And that's what you are, a thief. Toby McFarlane, former real estate and title insurance executive from California, 
sentenced to six months in prison for paying 450000 to get his daughter and son admitted into uh, USC using uh, fake, fake athletic recruits. Okay, so that's not his fault how they got in. The singer and the coaches were the ones that were screwing those students out of that. He paid to have his kids get in. However they got in, they got in. Oh, what are you, the mobster now? That's what you think, the mobster? I didn't do that. I just paid for that. And I know. It seems a bit much. If the guy paid for a building. Guilty, 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 guilty. I know. If, if he bought a building, though, if he paid for a building, the kids would be in. Then there'd be no problem. He'd be a, a hero. A hero at the school. But no. He's nothing more than a common thief. So he gets six months in prison, two years supervised release, 200 hours of community service, $150,000 fine. Operation Varsity Blues. Now, still to come. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why do you keep saying Operation Varsity Blues? That's the name of the, that's the, name the government gave to the sting. Was Varsity Blues. Okay. No, but Operation Varsity Blues. Because uh, years ago, when I was, well, I wasn't even born yet in the early 70s, uh, there were uh, TV shows, uh, a Quinn Martin production. The Quinn Martin production television shows were all you know, like Barnaby Jones and Cannon. And uh, they announced it like that Cannon, tonight's episode, Country Blues. And uh, <laughs> it was a, a Quinn Martin production. So when I see Varsity Blues, I think of the Canon episode, Country Blues, and I want to say Operation Varsity Blues, a Quinn Martin production. Tonight's episode, Varsity Blues. And that's that's why I say it like that. In fact, you could probably find it online. In fact, do that. Let's find out the Canon episode. Canon, tonight's episode, Country blues, but just get a canon episode of a Quinn Martin production. And uh, you'll see what I was talking about. You asked. Don't shake your head at me. You asked. That's where I was at. That's where I'm at. So just do it. But back to varsity blues. In all, 29 of the 52 defendants have waived their rights to a trial, including 19 uh, parents. And pled guilty to crimes in deals with prosecutors. Twelve parents, including Felicity, were sentenced in the summer. Only one avoided prison. And most sentences were imposed in 2020. Right? Felicity got her, you know, 13 days uh, already already went to jail and prison or camp or whatever you want to call it and did her time. 23 of those defendants including Lori, 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 be my tuition, Lori, be my tuition. And 15 other parents have pled not guilty and are getting ready for the legal battle. And they're starting to sweat because these judges are treating them like crap. It's amazing. So you had Singer. He's the guy that should be go to jail. Singer, the CEO of the Worldwide Foundation. He pled guilty, pleaded guilty to racketeering conspiracy, money laundering, conspiracy, money laundering conspiracy, conspiracy to defraud U.S. and obstruction of justice and forfeiture of three point four million dollars and other assets. He'll be sentenced in June of next year. 
So he's still out wandering around. He just hasn't been sentenced yet. John Vandemore, former sailing coach at Stanford University, accepted these guys are, are the guys that are the worst in my book. Um, he pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit racketeering. Uh, sentencing date is June 12th. Two years of supervised release, a $10,000 fine, one day of prison deemed already served. He should go to, he should do time. That's ridiculous that he did, that he didn't do time. The coach is screwing people. He knew exactly what he was doing. These parents, these parents wanted the best for their children. I'm not saying it was good or bad. It was, you know, I, I get, I understand that it was bad and it was silly that they, they have all this money that they're spending to sneak their kids into college when they could just go to the college go to the college and say, hey, I'll put in a diving board at your pool, okay, and let my kid into your school. I'll sponsor a, a lane on your track. Some, do give, give the school money. They'll let your kid in. Jeez. Rudy Meredith, a former women's soccer coach at Yale University, she pled guilty. Her sentencing date isn't until next year. She pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit wire fraud and honest services, wire fraud and honest services. Okay. No, that's ridiculous. Private school counselor in Florida, the test taker. I mean, hello. But he's not being sentenced until next year. All these people are getting sentenced. They're still out wandering around. Michael Center, former tennis coach at the University of Texas. There's another guy. Uh, His sentencing date is in February. Recommended 50 to 21 months? No, the coaches need to go to jail. Especially the ones who, all of these people were involved in Operation Varsity Blues. Got it! Tonight's episode. Country Blues. With guest stars, Scott Marlowe, John Larch, ah. Ramon Birai, Stuart Moss, <laughs> special guest star, Christine Belford. Oh, nice. Tonight's episode, To Ride a Tiger. A Quinn Martin production. Where's my Quinn Martin production? No Quinn Martin? Whatever, bump me out with that. No, and plus, I'd, I'd rather, I'd really like you to find. Was there not country blues? No, very disappointing. Tonight's episode. Maybe I just made that one up in my head, and it didn't really exist. <laughs> there never was a canon episode country blues. That's possible. Uh, so we'll just go ahead and live with that. Back to varsity blues. Bruce Isaacson, real estate investor. I mean, he's going down. His sentencing date isn't until July. All these people, man. It's really silly. Uh, Lori, Lori, Lori. She's starting to sweat it, man. She should have pled guilty and took the time. She and uh, Felicity should have just done time together at the camp and been done. Gotten it over with, man. But no, she's... Dug her heels in, said, I'm not guilty, and we're going to fight this. And now I think she's seeing the air of her ways. 
because uh, Felicity was like, uh, yeah, no problem. Let's do this deal, and uh, I'll do my 14 days, turn it into 12, and uh, we'll be done. And uh, here's a fine, and uh, sorry, man, life is really stinks, and I'm sorry this happened, and I'm going to go back home now. Have a nice day. Leave me alone. And in a couple of years, I'll be back to work. I'll co-star in a canon episode. Special guest star, Felicity Huffman. Tonight's episode, Prison Camp. And uh, she'll star in that and be back to work and everything will be fine. In fact, Hubby will get her. A, she'll, she'll do some time. Oh, this is the last season though, right? Of your show. Right? Uh, this is the last year. So it's over. Hubby can't get her any yeah. work. Ooh. Shameless is done. Yeah, Hubby would get her a little work, maybe get her some money. So that's going to be tough. What is she? Oh man, now I feel sorry for him. Now I'm starting to feel sorry because Hubby's going to work no matter what, right? He's got gigs. He they 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 love him. He's been doing Shameless for eleven years or yeah. ten years, and or plus so. all the other stuff. I mean, so, he, he gets like them. I said, yeah, he's been doing Shameless for ten years. Plus all the years, other so. stuff. Like I yeah, said, I don't think there's other stuff. It's just Shameless. IMDb him right now. Don't even don't even attempt to tell me there has not been other stuff. What's his name? Bill. Bill is his name. And look up look up Bill on IMDB and uh he'll come right up. Okay, so his name is uh William Macy. Yeah. And then uh you want to turn on your mic so people can hear you? Yeah. All right, so you found Bill. I, I found him. You I found, found Bill. Him. I found Bill. And, uh, I mean, he likes to be called William, but I call him Bill because we're, has, we're buds. He uh, has Fargo in 96. So, so go down the IMDb, plus all the other stuff. Shameless. So, okay, so since the start of Shameless, when did Shameless start? 2011. Okay. And it has since end date then, 2020. According to you, yeah, it has nothing else. No. Let's just shut I'm gonna, it down. I'm going to go down. Shut the IMDb page down now because that's all he's done is shameless. Okay, I'm going to go down the list of see if you recognize any of these titles. Crystal. Yep, love it. Bloodfather. Oh, man. I, I have seen that. I can't tell you how many times. Room. Room was great. Stealing Cars. Dial a Prayer. Walter. Cake. Two-Bit Waltz. Ruthless. The Wind Rise. Trust Me. Single Shot. Ernest and Celestine. Now these, the sessions. Now I'm, I'm, I'm asking because I'm asking for the audience. Okay. Because I'm going to uh-huh. pretend like I don't yeah. know what these no, are. No, no. Are they TV shows? Are they movies? All those are were they... movies. Okay. Uh, TV shows versus uh, uh, Versailles. Then back to movies. Ah, the Lincoln Lawyer. Dirty Girl. Marmaduke. Shorts. The Maiden Heist. TV shows. ER. He was Dr. David for a couple episodes. 31 episodes. Uh, Family Man TV movie, dude. This guy has nothing on his. The unit. What are you talking about? He this was a president of the United States on the TV show The Unit. Yeah, great show. In 2007, love that show. A uh, TV shorts, Bobby. Um, dude, this is nothing. He's this. working all the time. Okay, yes, yes, he's working, working all, all the time. time. Like I said, he's got but all this stuff. He has nothing in there that I. Jurassic Part Three. Thank you. He's Paul Kirby. Yeah, he plays. He plays the the uh, Paul the, Kirby. The guy that goes after, that's the eggs. That's the eggs one. That's one of my favorites. I like that Jurassic Park. The three? Yeah. I didn't like that one. Yeah, that's yeah. good. They go after the eggs. He's the uh, uh, the, uh, the plumber. He has plumbing supplies. He's a big businessman. He's at plumbing supplies. Yeah, I love it. And what's-her-face is his wife. 
No way is that his wife, by the way. No way she's living in Oklahoma with the plumbing supplies guy. He did the Hercules TV series in 98. And then he did King of the Hill in 98. That's voice work. Yeah, voice work. Most of this other stuff is voice work. Really? King of the Hill is not actual act? No, it's voice work. Yeah, isn't that supposed to be here in Arlington, Texas? King, King? of the Hill? King of the Hill? I don't know. Do I they... Think do they so. sh- I think it's Arlington, there's several Texas. Th- there's several voice work. Oh, no, uh, it's Arlington, Texas. There it is. Uh, a straight-laced propane salesman in Arlington, Texas <laughs> tries to deal with the wacky antics of his family and friends <laughs> while also trying to keep his son in line. Well, there you go. Like I said. Like I said. He like I done, said. No, like I said. I am a hundred percent correct. He hasn't done anything. You have and no idea way, what you're talking about. There is a Canon uh, Country Blues episode. Oh, nice. Season so one, I, episode four. So I didn't make it up. No, you did not make it up. Okay. The only problem is I have to pay for it, so I'm not gonna pay for to watch it. I'm so sorry. I just want the open. It would not give me the open. I have to pay for it. It's a dollar ninety nine. I just want the open. You got a dollar ninety nine? I'll pay you later. No, I need to see it first. <laughs> when you find a niche, like William H Macy, just working busy, busy, busy all the time, like I proved in uh, correct. Uh, this guy, Kane Hodder, is his name. All right. Now, when you say Kane Hodder, mean anything to you? No. Uh, he claims that he has he's the most prolific serial killer on camera, bar none. Murdered more people on camera than any other actor in history. He's 64 years old. He claims that he, I've stabbed people, I've dismembered them, I've killed people in unthinkable ways. Um. He's got a kill count of 140. Just this is this is just for one franchise, Friday the 13th. He's got a kill count of 146. He played Jason Voorhees on Friday the 13th. He is Jason Kane Hodder. Now you got to believe. What a cool franchise to be a part of. And then he's Jason. He's just behind the mask, killing people. There he is behind a tree with the mask. Oh, there he is in the closet. There he is. I mean, what a great gig. He has worn the mask five times. Uh, Friday the 13th, uh, they played in the video game. He played uh, the new blood. Jason takes Manhattan. Jason goes to hell. And Jason, Jason 10. (laughs) Now, he's also done other cinematic serial killers as well. He's acted and done stunts in 170 films and TV shows over 40 years. Um, hatchet films, gruesome, crudel, mug, Ed. I mean, this guy. I would love to talk to this guy. You want to talk about someone living the American dream, man? It's this guy, just a stunt guy, doing stunts, being the guy that is in the in the closet, and then you the camera shoots to him and he kills people or he gets blown up. That guy, and then he says, "Hey, we're making this movie. Uh, it's going to be Friday the Thirteenth. We need a. We got this. We got this Jason guy who's going to be the serial killer in the movie. And uh, all you gotta do is wear, wear a mask and stand there and uh, and kill kids and, and kill people in the movie. 
I, you know, and then and then that'll be it. And you'll get your paycheck and you go home. Now today, <laughs> you know, today's tough because you're gonna have to pretend like you're in space. <laughs> And t- tomorrow's going to be tough, too, because you're going to have to pretend like you're in a closet for eight hours. <laughs> but we'll bring the kids to you. So all you got to do is just be in the closet. And when the door opens, slash their head off. Okay. I mean, that's a good gig. That would be fun. And this guy could go anywhere in the world, and nobody knows who he is. Right? Nobody knows. <laughs> nobody. Not until now. You use out of him. Oh. Well, don't put the camera on his picture that I have on the screen then. Then nobody turn the camera off. Okay, thank you. They're all off. Maybe you already said his name. I just said Kane. Oh, I mean Oh no. Oh no, his name isn't Kane Hodder. It's like a superhero. You revealed his identity. Oh no. His name is not Kane Hodder. He didn't play Michael Myers as on the whole thing is made up. The whole thing is made up. Kane, I'm sorry. Kane, I'm sorry. Let me apologize. Let me apologize to you and being able to travel around and, you know, not have people know who you are because now they're going to have to. Sorry. I apologize. <sighs> what a shame. This guy could do comic cons for the rest of his life, man. Kane Hodder's going to be there. Jason. Just people bringing him masks to sign. What do you think? Cash to show up. Right, cash to show up at the Comic Con, special ticket to get in to see Kane, and one item you get to sign for twenty bucks. Right, so and he gets a cut of that. So you get a mask, you get a sword, whatever, whatever you want signed, he'll sign it. One thing, twenty bucks, and you plus you had to pay to get in to see him. Plus he's paid even just to show up. That's a good gig. That's a really good gig. So this weekend's a big weekend as uh, the big, uh, beautiful day in the neighborhood starts in uh, theaters all over the all over the country and all over the world. Uh, the story of Mister Rogers by Tom Hanks, and um, I think as we look around with what's going on in the world and more specifically here in the United States, um, it may be time to bring back Mister Rogers' neighborhood. So it's a good time to revisit uh, Fred Rogers and what he really what he brought to america and i wanted to talk to amy hollingsworth who authored a book uh, the simple faith of mr rogers uh it's it's been out for you know almost 20 years now um but it brings to light what kind of man mr rogers really was in real life and uh really amy mr rogers neighborhood was mr rogers that was him right Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, people have said who have met him, he's more Mr. Rogers than Mr. Rogers is in person. And and I think it's true because he, when you meet him, and I had the pleasure of doing that in 1994, and that's when we became 
lifelong friends. We became friends for the next nine years before he passed away. But he really is like that, except that he's so hyper-focused or laser-focused on you as a person and your family or your children or your spouse or whatever, that it's, it's just what you see on television is much more intimate in person. But yeah, he's absolutely the same person, if, if not even more genuine in person. So... You became friends with Mr. Rogers. Did that? Did you guys, uh, you know, bump into each other on a street corner and say, "Hey, let's be friends"? Or how did you meet? No, him? no. Actually, I. Uh, it's funny because I I didn't watch Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood growing up because I was sort of out of the demographic. So my only like real memory of Mr. Rogers was as a teenager all the par- all the awful parodies about right, him. You know. Right. So then I had some of them I, weren't had, that awful, by the way. But it was, well, go ahead. I mean, some of them were well, funny. Some of them were, you know, some of them were disrespectful. But anyway, so so um, so then I, then I was working in television. I had my son. He turned two. He started watching television. He started watching Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. So that's that was my real introduction. And I and I used to just sit down and watch with him. I'm like, wow, this guy is so much deeper than I ever right. expected. And I have a background in psychology, so I was like, he knows his stuff. So anyway, I was working in television at the time, and I went to my network, and I said, I'd like to do an interview with Mr. Rogers. And they were like, well, good luck, because you know, we've been trying for 20 years, and he's always said no. So I wrote him a letter, didn't hear back, didn't hear back, didn't hear back. So I'm opening the newspaper one day, and there's an op-ed piece by Don Fetter, who used to write for the Boston Globe. And the op-ed piece was called, It's a Psycho Babble Day in the Neighborhood. Wow. So it's like this horrible, scathing right. piece about Mr. Rogers. So, you know, I had done enough research by that time and spent enough time watching him that I had had a pretty good defense of him. So I wrote I wrote a letter to Don Fetter and, I, and you know, told him all the reasons he was wrong and then ended it with, like, shame on you, you know, nice. all that. Nice. So, I sent that. so I sent that to Don Fetter. I don't know if he ever read it. But I also sent Amazingly, the Boston Globe didn't print that? Yeah, they didn't. No. Um, so so anyway, so I sent that letter and the op-ed piece to Mr. Rogers' people because I'm thinking they, they need to know that there's bad press out there, right? right. So, so then, like two days later, I get a phone call. You know, Fred Rogers has agreed to your interview. So I go to Pittsburgh, and it wasn't until I got to Pittsburgh that I found out that it was that letter that convinced him that I was sincere enough to be trusted. Wow. And so he knew right. I wasn't just another journalist after, you know, a rare interview, but I was a mother who was willing to defend him because of what he had given her children. Right. So that's and so that sort of formed the basis of the next nine years of our lives. So I think there was a trust from the very beginning that sort of laid the groundwork for the friendship that we had. That's 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 really amazing. So after you you did the article, or at least you met with him and did the article, did you learn anything the first time around? You know, the first time around that you didn't expect. Well, you know, I had I was the first person to ever talk about that. I was the only person with whom he had ever consented to talk about his faith on television. So he had never talked about his faith on television, and he had given like one interview to a magazine, you know, where he talked about his faith. But, you know, this was his medium. This was television. So I think that was another reason he waited so long to say yes to me, because he wasn't sure. So he was very natural and forthcoming about his faith in that first um, interview. And then, and then the, you know, the relationship just continued. So we got to know each other 
through letters and phone calls. And then I also went back to the neighborhood to interview him a second time, uh, again for television and again about his faith. So he, he was very open about his beliefs and how important they were to him. And so then, then now the friendship is, is developed and you guys were friends for nine years just with mm-hmm. corresponding with one another? Did you, you know, stop and meet each other at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse once in a while? Or? <laughs> well, I went back to the neighborhood another time and did an interview with him and then we wrote letters. We never emailed. We never emailed. I have all of his letters that I have are, are handwritten. Yeah. So we wrote letters back and forth and then he would call and he sort of had this uncanny ability to know when things were going horribly wrong in my life because he would just call and say, you know, I've been thinking about you. Are you okay? And then there were times where I had the same feeling for him where I was like, I, is everything okay? And he, he you know, so- he had had, you know, he had had surgery that day for a life threatening illness. So, so we really had a, 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 a deep, connection i think where we were um sort of knew what the, was going on in yeah. the other person's life well usually if you have uh and it, it it's tough to do for a lot of people uh, you know we've listened to yourself and if you listen to yourself and then act on that uh things usually happen for the good um, mm-hmm. i'm starting to Suddenly, sound like a preacher for a second. I don't. So, preacher brother. Have, have you uh, have you seen the movie yet? I have. I have. I've I've seen. I'm actually leaving tomorrow, and I'm going to go to the um, the movie premiere in Pittsburgh tomorrow night. Wow, so I will be, be with his wife Joanne and everything. But um, Sony did send me a link to watch it, and and so I you know I've watched it twice, and I. I mean, it, I, it was utterly surprising and thoroughly Fred. I mean, I was not sure how I was going to feel about it. Right. It is extraordinary. It's extraordinary. And the thing that the thing that I took away is that Fred Rogers is in every frame of that movie, even when Tom Hanks is not on the screen. It's like it's Fred's world, and we all just live in it. It's right. done so brilliantly that you feel like you've been with him. And and thankfully, Tom Tom Hanks did not mimic or try to impersonate mr rogers he exudes fred rogers it's just near miraculous i think how how tom hanks was able to pull that off he's used tom's done a few a few parts where he's able to pull some roles off so i'm sure that he could you know he did okay (laughs) oh yeah oh it's extraordinary but you know to you know here's the thing for me it's like you know mr rogers told me and i think it's the first thing he said in the interview is he said, you know, the best gift you can give another person is your honest self. And, 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 that, and so he said he was quiet and slow, and that was his gift. That was his honest self. And, and so when you think about that and you have an actor portraying somebody yeah. who thinks the best gift is your honest there's a degree of separation, right? Because it's right. not Fred Rogers. It's somebody portraying him. But somehow Tom Hanks was able to embody Fred Rogers. And there's one scene in the movie, which um, I got permission to talk about this, but only with you, Jeff. Oh, um, thank you. There's one scene in the movie where um, it's on the set and he's doing the Daniel Striped Tiger puppet, you know, and and so it's during the production and Lady Aberlin. Do you remember Lady Aberlin? Uh, Regrettably, I do. And I say regrettably because, yes, I've seen many episodes of Mr. Rogers. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, that was my, she was my son's first crush. But anyway, so they're talking back and forth and singing back and forth. And so Tom Hanks is underneath the set in the black puppeteer shirt, you know, mouthing the, you know, giving right, the word the to, right. and, to, to Daniel Stuyper Tiger. So I'm like watching that and, and I like start crying because it's like in that moment, he was so... He was so Fred Rogers, and and it was like, and then I find out that the director had tricked him in that scene because she didn't tell him that he was going to be on camera. He thought just the puppet was. Just the puppet. So he so he wasn't even acting. But that's I think that's where like the vulnerability and the and the authenticity came through the screen, and that's when I thought that's Mr. Rogers. That's, Mr. Rogers. that's who Mr. Rogers was. Yeah. So uh, over the years, now I mean, now you've you know you've created many books and authored many books, and you can find them at amyhollingsworth.com or wherever books are sold. Uh, and specifically, the simple faith of Mister Rogers. Over the years, have you found yourself uh, since? I mean, he passed away in two thousand three, and uh, this your book uh, is uh, came out. Do you, do you find yourself with your other works? using what you gained in experience from Fred Rogers throughout your life now? What a great question. That's a very insightful question. And the answer is, yeah, you're welcome. And the answer is yes. You know, I think that if, when when you read the simple faith of Mr. Rogers, you will see that, uh, well, I think he had a vision of who I could be spiritually. I think he, when we first met, he detected some rigidity in my thinking and so in the book, he, he sort of sometimes gently coaxed me towards sort of a greater understanding of the mystery of the world. And sometimes he pushed before I was ready. And sometimes I reacted. And so I tell on myself in The Simple Faith of Mr. Rogers about the fact that, you know, I, he, he, that I sometimes reacted to, to some of that, which I'm embarrassed to say now. But I think that I, I'm much closer to what he knew I could be as a person than I was when I first met him. And that didn't continue just when he was on this earth. That continued since he's been gone. And I've learned to incorporate the lessons he taught me. For example, he, was re- he really felt like silence was important. And Chris and I were just talking about before the program about how loud the world is, right? Boy, no kidding. So, yeah. So, so and and and. One of the things that I've done, I've done this since he passed away. Whenever I travel, if I'm in a hotel for a day or a week, I don't turn the television on. I don't turn the radio on. In honor of Fred Rogers, I keep the hotel room completely silent when I'm in it. And it's just something I started doing, you know, after he passed away. But all these years later, I still do it. And I do it to honor him and to show him that I have tried my best to learn the lessons that he wanted to teach me when he was here so i mean the legacy continues that's uh the you know, legacy continues yeah. mm-hmm. uh, amy hollingsworth i mean i don't even know why we have to, we don't have to go any farther than that it's beautiful i love it uh the the movie obviously is a beautiful day in the neighborhood coming out this weekend the book is a simple faith of mr rogers uh by amy hollingsworth and you can uh, find it at amy hollingsworth.com or uh, wherever books are sold. And she has, uh, she has plenty of other books that you can uh, grab onto as well. Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much.
All right, let's talk a little airlines and a little airline safety and how safe you feel traveling, going through uh, security. Uh, we have one story that talks about a woman claiming the airline paid her $75 in hush money. What? A whole $75 in hush money? So a woman on a United flight from Orange County, California to Chicago claims that a man seated next to her played with themselves. <laughs> Sitting on this full airplane from California to Chicago. There's a girl sitting right next to me. Her boyfriend or the man she's traveling with is sound asleep next to the window. I'm going to touch myself for hours on this flight. And I'm going to apparently make her feel uncomfortable. She didn't want to go anywhere because I was just sitting there doing what I do. Finally, I had to wash off. I had to wash off. So I got up. Apparently, that's what she got up to. Complaint to the flight attendant. That was after her the worst panic attack of her life, she said. What? Okay, I want to talk about this just for a second. Just for a second. So let's say you're on an airplane. And your your travel mate, sound asleep, and the guy next to you starts doing what he does. What are you doing? What the heck are you doing? And you get up and move past him, or you say, get away from me, or something right you don't go into a i couldn't move yeah you ring the i just sat there i was shaking for hours during the whole time until he was finished you call the people right. you, you ring that little blue button she on didn't top. want to do that because he was still there and didn't want him to know that she was the one complaining I, oh, who cares that's the whole point right i, I don't I, that really I, 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 that, that thinking doesn't sit well with me it really doesn't that's that. That's that. Uh, uh, Harvey Weinstein mentality of I couldn't do anything. I was overpowered because yeah. he was my boss. Right. Shut up. I'm sorry. Shut up. No, but he was my boss. How about, how about what are you doing, dude? And wake up your boyfriend. You oh yeah, definitely, way, honey. Definitely, this guy you, is. Yeah. This guy is doing it. Yeah. With right himself. here with himself while you're sleeping and I'm just sitting like, here. What kind of boyfriend you have? Hey, zit, zit, zit. hey, flight attendant. Right, hello. Hello, how about uh, well, we move this guy? Do something, right? So apparently when the man, uh, the flight attendant, uh, moved him to another row and uh, then apparently contacted law enforcement. So when he got out, went to get off the plane, which is kind of weird because usually they're they're waiting for you. Right? I mean, they, you, you don't bolt to get off the plane, right? Oh, I mean, no, they're, no. They're telling you, ladies and gentlemen, please, uh, when do you remain seating? Right. And so, 17F, can you please stand up? Not and, even 17F. I mean, they're just opening up the doors, and they're coming to 17F and escorting you out, right? Go on, we're leaving. By the way, I give them the middle seat, 17F. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And so uh, she apparently said what happened what's going on what what's going to happen to him and she claims that the airline gave her 75 dollars in hush money now is it 75 cash is it 75 so like the pilot hey, 
Here's a coo- right. Here's a coupon for uh, for Jimmy John's in the airport. So did the pilot took out some cash in his <laughs> oh, look, all I got wallet? Se- all I got seventy five. Can just, you take that and shut up? Just be quiet. Get out of here. Go buy yourself dinner. Get out of here. Get something pretty, darling. Oh, you got any money on you? No, I got nothing. I got, I got, nothing. got, I got 75 cash. Go Actually, buy a dinner. You got 70, you, I got five. <laughs> yeah. Buy yourself a, buy yourself some shoes. Get out of here. What are you kidding me? Come on now. I, I want to ask a question I, as the representative of Fisher Air. Thank you. Now, what would, what you. would happen if this was some Fisher Air? <laughs> As a spokesperson of Fisher Air, what would... Well, of course, listen, first of all, as part of Fisher Air, we, uh, uh, the safety and well-being of our customers is our top priority, Chris. You know that. Yeah, I do. And look, the customer was immediately moved to a different seat when the flight attendants were made aware of the issue and the aircraft was met by our security personnel. So they didn't call TSA or anything. They, They called the airline security. Yeah, you TSA. What's TSA going to do, sir? Do you have a TSA pre-check or the, global entry? It just got revoked. The airline security—they can't arrest people. No, they, they no. don't. These are security guards. Yeah, actually, uh, I think security guards have more power than the. So people. you were uh, you were doing yourself there in uh, seat one F, huh? <laughs> right. So you flew all the way from California to Chicago. Pretty good. I wouldn't have lasted that long. Anyway. Well, he lasted the whole flight? No, not the whole oh, flight. Oh, okay. No, don't be silly. I going to say, that's don't a marathon right there. She, she said it seemed like forever. but Well, yeah, of course, because she was traumatized. She froze up. and, and How do you not what do you, this, how this, do you this, not say, what are you doing? Honey, look at this. No, wake, seriously. You don't seriously, wake up your boyfriend? Seriously, Jeffy, think about it. Think about it. Do you, I'll be, maybe for like a couple seconds, like, wait. No. No. Right. No. Dude. But I know oh, okay, I know go. for yeah, a fact. There go. Yeah, I, guess, I, yeah. I can promise you with every ounce of being in my body that if I was next to the window sleeping and my wife Amber was sitting in the middle and homeboy here was on the outside on the aisle lane and started doing what he was doing. <laughs> For a while, Amber might just turn and look, just stare at him, just stare him down. Like, go ahead, I'm here. And then it's like, then she's waking me up. Then she's waking me up. Jeff. Look at this look guy. At this and guy. I took pictures too. Right. He's Instagramming it, hashtagging it, airplane. Hashtag. I mean, there's just no way that you don't say anything. Hashtag high my club. You just don't. <laughs> right. Hashtag <laughs> mile high club alone. <laughs> high, uh, <laughs> mile high club challenge. <laughs> it does it co- Are you in the mile high club if you're doing it to yourself? Oh, that's a good question. That is a good question because the answer to me is no. No. No, <laughs> no you're not. It's not it takes true. two to tangle. How do you one? not say anything? It takes two. And to nobody's tango. taking 75 bucks. Oh, I'm taking the 75 bucks. Oh, no way. I want a free ticket. I want a free ticket. I want something more than 75 I want something more than what the pilot's got in his wallet. Okay? 
with the, that way. The pilot's got 50. The co-pilot's got 25. That's all we got, babe. Sorry. Just don't say anything. What about the, get out the waitresses? Can, can they get us something, too? <laughs> you know what? Give her, give her a Sprite. Tell her to get out of here if she don't have any cash. Oh, we were not a Sprite. We just got Coke. <laughs> is that okay? No, I, no. all I want is a Sprite or a Diet Coke. Yeah, I got a Diet Coke. We got a Diet Coke. Here you go. So you got the 75. You gave her you gave her 20, 25? Yeah, 25. Here's no, a, I gave her 25. Here's a Diet Coke. Get out yeah. of here. So don't say anything to anybody. <laughs> what, are you, what are you? What? No. I don't think it's true. No, this could not be true. It's not true. We're going to talk about your global entry. Don't look at me like, oh, he must have forgot to talk about my global entry. Oh, no. Oh, no. We're talking about that. Download and subscribe to more content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. So. You've been monkeying around, getting your trying to get your global entry so you can pretend like you're up there with that god awful Stuber gear. Because I've got my global entry. You should get that. You should get your global entry. You just have to fill out all kinds of paperwork and go to eighteen thousand meetings and be and, and get blood tests and no. ankle swabbed and ankle swabbed. Yeah, what nose do they do? swabbed. <laughs> what do they do with an ankle swab? That's what, that's what they did for mine. I don't uh, know what they okay. did for you. <laughs> there, Swabbing they, they, your ankle. I got, my, I, I got my ankles and my nose swabbed. And <laughs> I still didn't get it, so maybe that's a problem. <laughs> so uh, did you go to the guy behind the the Walgreens? <laughs> yes, that's why you didn't. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought that's where you went. It's global entry, not global entry. Okay. <laughs> so you you've been trying to get it. I bet this has been a three months process right now. Okay. And yesterday, I mean, yeah. So it's a done deal ago, now. It's done, yeah. It's a done deal. You have your global entry, so do. you, don't, you don't have to go through with the unwashed masses oh, no, at I'm, TSA. I'm, I'm part of the, the uppity now. Yeah, the I'm elites. the 1%. Yeah. I'm part of the 1%. Look at you, suckers. Beep. I'm on. Talk Doc to Thompson you later. Thompson is rolling on his grave right so now. So I don't have to, I got, uh, uh, I don't have to be there three hours in advance. 10 minutes, max. Just boop through. Looks like you guys aren't going to make it. Boop. Is Doc to do that? Yes. Head and then Looks like you guys are having a tough time today, huh? Global. I don't have to take off my shoes. Excuse me. Where's the global entrance? I'm looking at I have my global pass. I need to get in. You have to do that. Oh, absolutely. You have to do that. I'll have, you have to show up. It. Yeah, yeah. You have to show up at the line and just, excuse me. Where's the global pass line? It can't be here. Just, I feel like I have an accent on that, <laughs> like a foreigner accent, <laughs> more than I have on my. You have to do that. I mean, that's a. Do bust. I have a scar? In fact, for that's a, a law. That's a law. The first time you use your. The first time. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. And After the, the first time that there's a long line and uh, you've got your you, global pass, you just have to look around. Makes. Oh my good lord! Gee, where's the global entry? Yeah, I mean, you have to do that. Yeah, yeah my first flight will be December seventeenth, so, so I will do it. So, uh, well, how many how many things did you have to get swabbed for it? Uh, zero. Really? Zero swabs. Oh, that's kind of a. I mean, good. <laughs> I mean, good. It's not bad. It's good. It was so I applied two months ago, and then I missed the appointment two weeks ago. Ooh. And then I had to reschedule. Which is now, I mean, Which is we talked about this. I, look, I remember talking, right. I remember talking to you about this when you said you had your first appointment, and I was like, don't miss it. Because I remember, 
Stu. Uh, talking to Stu, and he was like, he had jumped through hoops to deal with, go to these meetings with these people, right? And he had to, it was their time. It's oh, the yeah, so you're on matter. their time. Yeah. yeah. And you're dealing with the Border Patrol. You're not dealing with TSA. And so, you know, you I mean, you're just, you have to be there. Yeah. And so I missed it, and then. So apparently the, you don't have to be no, there. I just, <laughs> just don't show up. Just don't show Excuse up. me. Where's the global entry? Sir, you don't have a pass. Oh. I'll be back here then. So I missed the appointment, and then it said my next appointment was in March 2020. But I had two options. One option, go to El Paso border and Ooh. just be seen right away because they don't even take uh, appointments. You just go. They do the interview. Why is that? And it's a done. border town? Border, because it's, border, it's, a, it's right? a border, okay. yeah. So any border like El Paso, and they give me two others. Once you do that, like you just go right through and you're done. It says, well, they show up as needed. As go, needed, right? exactly. In line and you're there. But the other option was to go to Houston and then wait behind the ticket line and stay there either the 18th of December or when or you're the flying. Tw- when I'm Wait, flying. No, that's what they're saying. When you're flying, instead of going past out TSA, you stay. Yeah, you stay there and then do the interview. Gotcha. So. I mean, there's uh, there are ways. There are that ways, you can make yes. It happen, yeah. But I wanted to go to DFW because we're right here. So the, that night, I saw there was an opening. I took it. I went. It was two days ago. And Jeffy. And since you missed the first one. They were pissed. Oh, they were so pissed, and yeah, for sure. They, 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 I believe they took out more questions than originally was supposed to be asked. Okay, so how safe am I of the, from okay, the information I'm gonna go, they got from you know, me? I know we have limited time here on, know, the, on the dessert. So I don't want, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to go down the entire list. Okay. You know, okay. Yeah, we have, we have time. Go we ahead. We have time? Okay, I'm going to go, go through ahead. the entire list. I checked in with the front desk. Give me a little pamphlet. Wait outside. The agent will call you. Okay. And I was 15 this minutes is, this early. This is at DFW. DFW. Okay. 15 minutes early to make sure that there's no issues. <laughs> it's 3.45 central time. I'm sitting down. End of down. the day. End of it's the end day. Of the day. So and the little clock said they close at four. You don't want to go to the judge at the end of the day. No, he's you don't. He's, he's, he's already mad. He's, he's already mad. So I sit down. Three minutes. Mr. Cruz? I'm like, uh, that's me. Oh, boy. that's okay. not. That can't be good. The little agent comes out. He takes me inside. We go sit down. He says, "Do you have pat anybody?" Pat you down, pat no, you down, swab no, you. No, sits me down. I'm big says, on swabbing today for some you reason. Are. He goes, "Do you have anybody with you?" I'm like, "Yeah, my wife." Oh, let's go get her. I'm like, "Uh oh, oh it's, it's a double interview." So the, she got so, swabbed for so sure. She, I was like, "She's about to get interviewed after I get interviewed." Right. Rubber gloves are going on. Things are happening. We go get her. We sit down. He, your passport, okay? Passports. Oh, you're from Puerto Rico. The, the guy who checked you in, he's from Puerto Rico also. I'm like, oh, that's pretty oh, cool. Man, we can't get rid of you people. Right. Anyway, so. <laughs> he swipes. He didn't tell me that when I, when I checked in. <laughs> he swipes the passport. Uh, address? Yes. Uh, phone number? Yes. Uh, Mr. Cruz? So you're verifying where you, yeah. where you live? Okay. Uh, is that your full name? Like, yes. Is that your email? Yes. Okay. Well, you all set, sir. Um, you get an email about <laughs> two weeks, and then you get a letter with your card. Make sure you activate it. You, you have a good day, sir. By the way, we're close, so go ahead and get out of here. There's no lingering. So I, I don't shut know the if this was because it was the end of the day. That is but amazing. The whole thing. I literally got out at four o'clock. Now I will say, I will say, I'm, and not making fun, and I'm you know, I, I'm making fun of how easy this was. But the process prior to this is quite extensive, and you, being a former military. Have also have all the background checks and everything. Yes, which I think well. is one of the reasons. And getting a passport that you're also doing a. You're you know, already doing the swabbing right. and the fingerprinting right. and the pictures. My passport just 
expired too. Now I gotta Dude. go through the whole thing again. I gotta go through the whole thing again. It's yeah, because you know, and oh, and the only reason why he asked for the password it wasn't because he wanted to verify my ID. The only reason why he asked for the password is because he had to connect the global entry account to my password, which is why he swiped it. So now they're both linked up, and if I miss my, if I lose my card. When I come in from you know, I don't know overseas, the, right. the passwords. Oh yeah, he's he's good to go. He doesn't wait right. three hours on right. that with the commoners. Excuse me. <laughs> definitely doing that when I'm coming from overseas. Yeah, I'll have to do that. Yes, definitely totally. doing that. But it was a uh, very uh, feel. Do you feel safe after that interview? Oh my gosh, do I feel? I'm so happy that we. Oh, by the way, this cost me 150 dollars. That's all. It's just a money laundering scheme, man. Absolutely. Money laundering now. Prior to that, how many things do you have to fill out before you get to there? You fill so out I'm right about I'm right one about form. Well, it's online. It's all online. No, I understand. But yeah. I mean, the information you're giving them is... Yeah, you give them in like information they already have, Jeffy. They already have this information. Right. Especially from a person who's been in the military. You have more than enough of my information. Right. I like, mean, I understand the, if like, the military actually has swabbed. Yes. The- that little <laughs> chip on your credit card, we had that before you guys did. Yeah. And that for us had our DNA in it, so right. They have plenty of mine. Right. Like I bet you they so have this, my DNA this on is file. It's just a money laundering scheme. Absolutely. You, you want it, no problem. And the only reason why I got it is because I married up, and everybody in my wife's side of the family, they all have it. Well, you have to have it. And every time Keep we up travel, with the Joneses, we've got to go through it. Yes. And every time we we're travel, we're not waiting for you. Every time we travel together, it's more like, okay, Chris, we'll see you at the gate. And yeah. I'm like, wait, you guys? No, we'll see you at the gate. We'll see you at the game. Especially my wife. My wife will disown me every time we go to the airport. She goes, I'll see you later. I'm like, no. it's uh, See you later. She's like, I'm not taking off my shoes. I'm like, dude, just take off your damn shoes. (laughs) I paid for TSA pre. I don't have to take off my shoes. Excuse me. (laughs) Definitely that one. Excuse me. Make sure my husband is okay back here because I'm going through. Okay, that's uh, that's amazing. So I mean, that's that's good that you got it. Good. But yeah, I'm, yeah. I don't know that I f- feel safer. Absolutely not, Jeff Fisher. Now again, I could be different. But then when I talk to Stu about his process, well, like, dear through, Lord, tell me he got swabbed like eighty thousand times. Jeff Fisher, and he said he did his much earlier, like when it came out. Yeah, he did. So yeah, I'm expecting. Like by now they're like oh, rubber stamping. Right, like, right. It was the same situation. Uh, yeah, it was the same. I I remember I, when you went to talk to him because I was I was honestly re- hoping that they had swabbed him and rubber and, rubber yeah, gloved rubber him glove everything. Him, yeah. But uh, and cough I, now, Mister Stu, <laughs> Mister Stu, cough. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. You're not coughing yeah. hard enough. Yeah. There we there go. We you go. you got it. There Good go. boy. Oh, we're gonna have to swab again. Um, the, uh, <laughs> Seriously, what's the swabbing, dude? I don't I have no idea, but I just want. Is it someone, because you're going to the doctor today? Somebody's going to be swabbed. I think it's because you're going to the doctor. Somebody's going to be swabbed. I think it's because you're going to the doctors today. Oh, right, the dentist. Yes, yes. I've got this. Look, let me show you this. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let me show you this. Oh, look at that. There's no cameras. Oh, oh yeah, no, this shoot. one. The one in the back. Look, just, uh, they can't zoom in. Zoom it can't in. zoom in. Zoom no, no, it can't zoom in. Is this one right here? Yo, Jeffy, put you. I know, it's this one right here. Look at it. Though. It's all hollow. There's nothing there. there. I know, that's a problem. Look at this one. And it hurts. Oh. Like, if I pull on it like this, Ew. ow, ow, ooh, that hurts. But that's I thought you couldn't do anything because you had a heart event and you're on blood sore. thinner. All good right. now. Oh, you're, oh, you're clear? 
All cleared. All I have to do is pop like 8,000 antibiotics an hour before the exam, and I'm good. <laughs> We're fine. Everything's fine. Okay. No problem. Okay. You got the rubber stamp. Did you take your 8,000 antibiotics? Yeah. Okay. Good. Lean back. Open wide. No, your mouth, sir. <laughs> All right, before we go. Okay, so. I haven't heard from the Royal Whisperer for a while. We have not, and I've got some we do. really good Royal we do. stuff. And I, there's, you know, I'm not going to bog you down with Royal Facts today and between the line Royal Facts today. You're just straight to the point. Straight to the point. Prince Andrew announced yesterday that he's going to step back from public duties for the foreseeable future. that could be I wonder why that could be hmm. he said he's willing to help law enforcement investigations of Epstein who also was a former friend of I know he was a friend of Trump and Bill Clinton's he was a friend of Bill Clinton's <laughs> Trump went to some events with him and knew who and he had was him kick out. they weren't friends no, no no Trump actually kicked him out and, and by the way uh Don had his own plane, okay? Clinton was hitching rides on the Lolita Express, okay? That's a big difference. I love how they're trying to get Link Donald into this. But um, Andrew's been taking some heat over knowing Jeffrey and times when he went there and he flew over here and he flew over here to, to break up with them because it wouldn't be polite and he's done some interviews, and the Queen said, yeah, go ahead, do some interviews. And that was that was a big sign when he started talking and the Queen okayed it. So now the Queen said, yeah, you can go ahead and do these interviews. When you're done doing these interviews, you're going to come out publicly and say you're going to go ahead and step back from your royal hmm. duties. No, no. And uh, we're going to be done with you. You're done. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it's, I'm not going to, I'm not, we're not going to say anything bad about you, Andy, and everything's fine, but, uh, oh, definitely she called done. him Andy. We're done. Oh, definitely <laughs> she called him you Andy. You darn right. Oh, yeah. You, you, and you, anybody at Windsor calls you a prince again, they're fired. Oh, more like a duke. He's a duke. Uh, it's Prince Andrew. It's a duke. <sighs> His title, yes, is Prince, but he's the Duke of... Well, I don't know. Is he still the Duke of York? No. Because he's no longer no. in the public eye. Man, he is, so he's, taking, he's Andy. <laughs> he's Andy. So he's taking, and we're taking family photos, and Andy isn't here. Oh, darn. But well, Are we going to bring in Andrew for the picture? No, he's who? busy. You Thank who? you. Who? Who? <laughs> exactly who? right. But I did like their statement, because this was tweeted by the Queen. Okay, and the queen took time out the, to... Yeah, she 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 tweeted this out, which uh, amazing by a 90-year-old. Before her nap, she went ahead and, she went ahead and hmm. hit send. Can we send this? Hmm. Uh, it has become clear to me over the last few days that the circumstances relating to my former association with Jeffrey Epstein has become a major disruption to my family's work and the valuable work going on in the many organizations and charities I'm proud to support. Therefore... I've asked Her Majesty if I may step back from public duties for yeah. the foreseeable future. And I'm saying that because she's the one that told me take a hike, and, I, and, and I, I'm the one that's going to take the heat. So go ahead. So he learned from Dad, because Dad also stepped back after that. Yeah. Was it before or after the accident? 
Oof. No, no, no. He was already behind. Yeah, he retired. So what does this mean for the family, Jeffy? Well, he continued. You didn't even finish the oh, statement. Um, and she has given her permission. I continue to unequivocally. Unequivocally. Yeah. Regret my ill judgment, my, my ill judge association with Jeffrey Epstein. His suicide has left many unanswered questions, particularly for his victims. And I deeply sympathize with everyone who has been affected and wants some form of closure. I can only hope that in time they will be able to rebuild their lives. Of, of course. course. I'm willing to help any appropriate law enforcement agencies with their investigation if required. But it won't be required because I'm going to be over here. No, the and queen just, is. And I'm not. We're done answering questions. I believe that once the queen said, hmm, "Yes, go speak to the press." Yep. Um, you would have the the statement ready, right? You guys. Have yep. Uh, oh, absolutely. You go speak to the press. Okay. okay. Oh. Then you're going to step back and you're going to shut the hell up. You're going to step back and you're going to go away. And we don't want to hear from you anymore. And she's been dealing with the Merkels. Right. She's been dealing. The only one so far, the only one that's been good to the family is the future king. Yeah. He's the only one. William's the man. William has been the one that's been kept his nose clean. Now, yeah, he did fiddle and diddle the the alleged neighbor. But who hasn't done that? Who among us? The wife was pregnant. She was looking a little bloated. What am I supposed to Who go? Among us? Well, Jeffy, what am I supposed to do? I'm going to be king. Exactly. Am I supposed to sit here and wait? And he fired her anyways. So we're I'm done. Still, I'm still, we're not getting a divorce. I'm giving you the kids you want. I'm, I'm giving be you queen. more than one. Though. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be king. And right? you're going to be you're queen. in the castle. Thank and you. And you're going to be queen. Thank you. It might not be officially, but we'll know no, that you're going to be the, queen. You're the queen. And uh, so just... Zip it up. I'm about to give you another kid by the end of the year. So just like mom, you have four kids, four kingdoms. We'll all come together. You know, Uncle Andrew, I mean, Uncle Andy just lost his kingdom. So so here you go, Kate. Zip it. Okay. <laughs> poor queen, down. dude. I thought Megan was going to be the death of the queen. I think Andrew's going to be the death of the queen. Nah, it's still Megan. Still Megan? Yeah, it's still Megan. Because in, in, the, in the Windsor pile... Oh, we whisper. have some great stories. Yeah, it's Megan. She's, she's got that family in, in Well, Megan is being uh, kicked and And-, out. Andrew is just, and Andrew is just like, I told you not to be diddling around with that douchebag Epstein, and there you go. You've always been a freak boy. And he still says that picture's fake, which and you agree. I agree with the picture. You the, say the that one the picture with the girl, I, I believe that's fake. He said he's never met her, and he doesn't know who that is. I, I I don't believe everything that he's trying to spew the, to the world. Jeffy, he said he never met her. Uh-huh. He doesn't know who that is. But uh, you're right. You know, and I, I believe that it's, I believe that he believes that. I don't know that. I think that all the drugs and the alcohol might have uh, skewed the memory a little. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's possible. It's possible. Can that happen? For what I've heard, yeah, from what you, yeah, 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 from what you've heard, like, can that happen? If I do like blow and alcohol, and I just have sex with like a bunch of people, can I forget that? What I've read, yes, yes, it can. And uh, what's your name again? 